Okay, hello everybody and welcome to the show. Great to have you guys back. Another week, another opportunity to grow a little bit better, stronger, just be better versions of ourselves. We spoke last week about this idea of discipline equals freedom, Chaco Wallenick. What that means, that concept that when you are, when you need something, you are a slave. I don't think coffee applies to that rule, by the way, but everything else in the world does. When you need something, the discipline that we have inside us, in order to look out into the world, enables us to break free of the world, right? That's the critical piece to it all, which is, in a way, the more you're lost in the world, the more you are a slave to the world. Not That's a strong word. I don't mean it that way. I mean, I do, but not really, right? Like... It's a strong concept, if you really think about it. If you need something, then you're not really the master of it. Right? If you need something, then you can't really enjoy it because you need it. And the needing of something that... Let's take out like family and love and spirituality. Let's just make it like materialist a little bit. If you need... So that... That then when you get it, it just brings you to your baseline. It doesn't pop you over the baseline. It doesn't blow you away. right? If you need to have a certain amount of food every day, then you getting that food just brings you to your baseline. If you need a certain level of comfort in your life, it's your baseline. And so when you get that comfort, and you get that special thing, you're not really blown away by it because you needed it. It was a requirement for your happiness or for your existence. Now, when you think it through, that's easily applied to materialism, and you can see that. You can see how a person that grows up in a world where they're used to something, and then they they don't know anything else. They don't know that there's a life without that. So they just expect it. They expect the size home. They expect a certain level of travel convenience. I know people like this. I I, I know people like this that have been traveling first class for so long that they're like legitimately conflicted when there's, you know, airport delays and they get bumped on a pl- on a flight in which they're sitting in coach. Like they they can't handle it because they've been sitting for so long in first class they just can't even imagine I, know, I mean I'm gonna, I'll am i give these examples but there's plenty more and you can even make it even more basic people just expect that the environment will be friendly and cooperative because that's where they grew up they never ever they never really encountered conflict they spend much of their life avoiding conflict not that this is an easy concept. People get comfortable around people that think like them. And then they break out of their small little community or small little world and all of a sudden people don't think like them. They don't do it themselves. We we become very comfortable with what we have. We we, we very easily move to the baseline. And so discipline 
is the ability to use a part of your mind to help extend past that which is comfortable. That's why you need discipline. Why else would you need discipline for? Right? Why would you, you don't need discipline to like, you know, stay sleeping in the morning. You don't need discipline to eat whatever you want. You don't need discipline to say whatever you want. You need discipline when you are trying to hold back something or you're trying to do something when it's otherwise hard. So discipline, which will then lead to the extension of yourself past the thing that you needed, now enables you to be free from that thing which you thought you needed. And so when you get it, you enjoy it very differently. Now, a lot of people learn this lesson when, in times of famine, if I can just circle back to last week's examples. Because they have no choice. So, they felt that they needed it, and then they didn't get it anymore. Now, I, I have, I would say, first-degree friends, but definitely second-degree friends that were impacted by the Bernie Madoff scandal. And some of them was pretty serious. And in one particular case, it was a couple who lived a certain quality of life for many years under Bernie, who gave them incredible returns of a lot of money. So he was, I think, doing 20% returns, which is tremendous, year after year, which is unheard of, which it's unheard of because it's impossible. That's why Bernie Madoff was running a Ponzi scheme and not an actual investment company. But either way, do the math. If you give if you give him a couple of million dollars, twenty percent of that, and if you're you're empty nesters, it's a lot of money. And one day they woke up and it was gone. Right? And they didn't have a backup plan. And they lived a very comfortable lifestyle. And they were pretty resilient people, God bless them, and they just pivoted. It's sad. They went back to work you know, later in their lives. They had to get jobs. They downsized. They sold their homes. Famine. And so this couple made it. They survived. They were survivors, right? I don't know if they were Holocaust survivors, but they were survivors when they built their businesses and they achieved a certain level of wealth and then lost it all at the end of their you know at the at the, the time of their life where they wanted to spend their time relaxing but either way but they lived without and so they understood and they learned during a time of famine that they didn't really need the stuff that they had so the famine's a good time to learn that and to take that seriously see this when people get sick everyone should just be healthy and well people get sick they take they start to see that just the health just the walking around just the basics you start to readjust but what if you did it during times of plenty what if you woke up in the morning and started to look at your life and imagine life without and see what you can do to leverage off what you have and discipline 
I don't need to eat this. I don't need to do this. I need to only to say this. I want to extend past this. I don't want to use what I have just for its material level. I want to go deeper. If I have something in my life, a relationship, a career, a job, a free time, my mind, I don't want to just waste it. I want to use it. And I'm going to use discipline to leverage my asset as much as I can in times of plenty. I don't have to. I want to. That's where it starts to become unbelievable. The discipline that takes place during the time of plenty now starts to create neuroplasticity of which you're not using your you're not changing your life because you have to you're changing your life because you want to and what that does is it starts to reorient the way you see what you have in this world without it being a crisis that's the essence of what we've been talking about that's that Joseph wisdom that's the wisdom of greatness and leadership. You're not waiting. You're always adapting. You're always learning. You're always pushing. You're always uncomfortable. But you're not uncomfortable because you were forced to be uncomfortable. You're choosing to be uncomfortable. It's a deliberate discomfort in order to push yourself to constantly iterate and revise your mind so that as you go through your life you become stronger and stronger and stronger you don't enjoy life less because you're more uncomfortable you enjoy life more because you take what you have already and appreciate it in an entirely different way discipline during times of plenty leads to greatness Discipline during times of famine leads to survival. And the reason why it leads to greatness is because that's when your brain can start to understand itself. You can start to see the thoughts that you have as just thoughts. You can start to identify new areas that you want to explore in your own mind. I'm not good enough. Where did that come? What thought is that? It's going to pop up when you make yourself deliberately uncomfortable. And you're grappling with that. But not at a time where you are at the speech. Not at a time when you're at the presentation, when you're at the moment. You're doing it when you're in practice. You're doing it during your day. You're doing it always. The engagement with growth during a time where you're not being pushed to grow gives you the ability to look at some of these thoughts that are in our minds and question them and see that they're separate from us and build new muscles that we never had before because we never had to build them before. Now, you may build them because it may be a crisis that comes one's way, but why wait for the crisis? Why wait for a circumstance to throw you into a situation? Bring, bring it on in a way that works. Bring it on, uh, on in a way where you can do it slowly. Bring it on in a way that you can breathe afterwards. Where you're not going to have the same level of stress. Explore your relationship with your, with your children in a way that you wouldn't have to when, unless something happens. 
explore your own finances or your career growth or your spirituality? Why wait? You see people that are going through challenges and they become so spiritual. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. You can always turn to God. But like, why wait until something's wrong and then you, you hit the emergency button? And like you get mad at God that he didn't deliver in the last set. Come on. It's a relationship. God's not Amazon.God. He's not a store. How would you feel as a parent if your kid only showed up whenever there was something going wrong? It's not a relationship. Explore it during good times. Learn, grow, try. That's what the good times are there for. The good times are there to give us a clearing for pushing ourselves beyond what we need to survive into how what we need to thrive. That discipline equals freedom. And by the way, that's really how great that's how greatness happens. Really. That's that's how it happens. You see it in business world all the time. The great companies, they never relent. They never give up. Doesn't mean that okay, some of them are obsessed, but like even the ones that are like more healthy normal. They never give up. The great countries never give up. The great sports teams never stop. Iterating, pushing, trying. It's in these moments. See, it's in these moments where where we don't have to. That's what makes us who we are. All right, we'll talk about this. Vacation time. This is on the secular calendar. This is the the week where everybody's off. This is the this is that last week in December. It's the quietest week of the year. It's the holidays for some people. New Year's is coming up. It's the secular calendar, of New Year's. But this week, because of the, how everything's situated. The week is such a time for thinking. S- business is slow. Usually companies are slow. It's an opportunity for real growth. All right, we'll talk about it. Everybody have a great day. With God's help, I can see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.